Okay, then I just want to spend a handful of minutes looking at these verses from Matthew 13, uh, verses 44 to 46 they were, and they refer to the kingdom of heaven and what it's like as have all the parables in this chapter. You might remember this is the third of five identified um, special speeches, discourses they're referred to uh, by Jesus that Matthew's gospel presents as sort of elongated um, speeches from Jesus. And he's talking about uh, what the kingdom of heaven is like in terms of its value and its value to the crowd. He's talking to a crowd here. He, he does take time out in this chapter to explain things to just the disciples, but this is the crowd who is his main audience. And he's saying the kingdom of heaven is, is valuable like this. And the two uh, examples he gives are a man who finds treasure hidden in a field and so sells everything he has so he can buy the field. He's so excited that he's found this treasure. He doesn't feel the need to keep anything else because this is such a big deal. And, and similarly, um, the merchant who's looking for fine pearls, note that he's looking, he isn't just stumbling across a fine pearl, he's looking for things of value. He finds a thing of immense value and he's willing to let everything else go so that he can get hold of that pearl. Now, it was a bit of a big week for me this week, not just for the reasons that I've mentioned earlier in the service, but also because uh, I had an interview this week with um, a group of ministers from the region here. And it, it was uh, an interview panel uh, to, to, do, to do with the end of my time as a newly accredited minister. I've been kind of on a sort of probation for three years, having come out of Bible college. I miss Bible college. It's an exciting place to be, to think and learn and study. Uh, but I've also been excited by the chance to study as a newly accredited minister and to grasp things and learn things and grow in my ministry. It's also been a tough three years. I have been hurt by some of the things that people have brought to me. I've walked with people through some really, really tricky times. I've had my own battles to overcome in my personal spiritual life. And I've had many joys as well. The privileges of this role are enormous. I'd love to talk to you about them if you'd be interested. I think being a pastor is an immensely valuable thing to be. It's a big privilege. I remember seeing Kate Botley talking about her own journey into ministry on the telly recently. And she was talking about how funerals for her are, are some of the best things that she does. The privilege of walking with people through difficult personal times is enormous. So important is this ministry to me that I was willing to give up everything else to do it. I had a job in public relations in local government which I knew very well and had built up good contacts in and had some skills in doing. And before that I was a journalist and I loved that job too and probably of all the jobs I've ever done that's the one I'd say I missed the most. But all of that I was willing to give up to do this. Now at that panel interview they commended me to be fully accredited. Having talked to me and to representatives from Watch It Baptist Church, they feel confident that I am uh, in a good place on my journey as a minister. I'm not done by any means. And I think if I if I felt that I was, they'd be worried. But instead, they have commended me and said, keep going, keep learning, keep growing. And perhaps there's something in that and my experience that that it matters for this, for these verses in Matthew. 
Jesus says here, the kingdom is so incredible that it is worth giving everything else up to have hold of it. Now, that can sound brilliant, but can also, even if it does sound brilliant, be really easily misunderstood. So what Jesus isn't saying is that belonging to Jesus is like a possession because it isn't. So parables we have to be really careful with because Jesus invites us to think by telling us parables. He tends not to expect us to say, oh, well, if that's like that, then this must be like that as well. When he says that the, uh, the kingdom is like a mustard seed that grows into a big plant, we're not then to assume that the kingdom is going to be like a big mustard bush. But he's helping us understand something. So, we, so the kingdom is not like a possession that we can own. But it is precious. It's worth giving everything up for. Now, here's the thing. Many of the things that we are passionate about as people that matter to us and that we want to invest our time and energy in are good. But they're things that we feel we can pick up and put down as we want to. So I'm, I'm part of a, a cricket club, a bit less of a part than my son Tom is. But I love being in and around that context and I'm willing to give some time to it. But I also sometimes find that I need to put that aside and do something else. The kingdom of heaven, though, says Jesus, is such a big deal that it's absolutely worth saying anything else can go. Everything else can go. And I will just give my energy to that. Now, we know what Jesus thinks the kingdom is like because he's telling us all the way through Matthew's gospel. He's telling us that it's surprising. He's telling us that it's a, a, a place of new life. It's a creation of a new society. And in this instance, he's telling us that it is life encompassing. Those two guys in the parables gave up everything they owned. Everything else they had went second place to the kingdom or to the expression, the illustration of the kingdom. The pearl and the treasure. They were so important and precious and so exciting that everything else could be given away as long as they could have this. Now, the reason why that's important is partly because there's this sense of piety that comes with the religious leadership of the time. The Jewish Pharisees, and we've established um, previously looking at Matthew, that a big part of Matthew's gospel is dedicated to saying, if you want to know what it's like to follow Jesus, be not like the Pharisees. Don't be like them. A big part of that pattern that the Pharisees established was, if you want to please God, then do these things in this order at these times and you'll be OK. Which is a bit like saying you can give time to the cricket club on this day and this day and this day for this many hours and then it'll be OK. But Jesus is saying, no, everything else in life goes because the kingdom is that big a deal. How massive is Jesus trying to tell us this is? It's not about religiousness. It's not about a club that you can belong to. It's about a way of life that's like nothing else. It's like being part of a society that has never been before. It's saying, I want to embrace this way of being, not just this club I can belong to, but this way of existing. That's going to be your priority. If you really grasp what the kingdom is like, Jesus says, that's how big a deal it's going to be for you. And so everything else 
must go. And that doesn't mean we have to throw away things that are good, but it does mean we need to be aware of the priority list. I remember my dad, when I was growing up, was a, was a big prayer. He had prayer materials. He had leaflets and pamphlets and, and whatever for lots of different organisations that invited him to pray. And he used them all. And one of the ones that he followed closely was called, back then, Mid-Africa Ministry, MAM. And they'd done an enormous amount of work in Rwanda and Burundi. And they'd seen enormous change there. Big revival. Churches growing at a phenomenal rate. And then the genocide came. And later on, some of the people who'd worked with Mid-Africa Ministry explored what it was that had gone wrong because they had believed that these these new believers, these followers of Jesus, that they would pursue a path of peace, that they would want to talk to their enemies, that they'd want to stand alongside those who didn't see the world differently from them. And they were puzzled. And when push came to shove, those new believers said something very much like this. Yes, Jesus was a massive deal to me. And it came right up there on my list of priorities, but not above tribe. The tribe always won. The Hutu and the Tutsi. That's what people recognise themselves as first and Christians second. Jesus says the kingdom of God is something that everything else must go second to. Hardest for me, probably with that, is family. How can God say that he is more important than family? My three children and my wife are very precious to me. I have two sisters and a mum scattered around the country and I miss them. Those relationships are important. But Jesus comes first. Not because I have to, not because Jesus says, I'm going to give you a set of rules and you have to obey them, otherwise I'll be grumpy. But because Jesus says the kingdom is this good, it's this special, it's this, it's this precious, that it will come first if you understand what it's about. For Jesus, the kingdom of heaven is the way the world was always supposed to be. I'll take you back. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. If you want to know what humanity should be like, look at Jesus. There was always an intention and there still is an intention and God will bring about the fulfilment of his intention to make creation exactly how he intended it to be before humanity came in and messed it up. He will make it right. And if you don't know Jesus and you don't know what I'm talking about with the kingdom and you want to know more, please get in touch with me or find somebody else you know who knows Jesus and, and ask them lots of questions about it. Because do you know what? This is so precious and it is so special and it so revolutionises the way the world can work. It revolutionises the way we see people. It revolutionises the way we spend our money and take care of our children and look after our husbands or wives. It changes the way everything works because it, it puts in priority the way that Jesus would do things the way creation is supposed to be. And if you do already know Jesus and you think, yeah, I get this, please revisit your thinking. Not because I think you've got it wrong necessarily, but because actually when Jesus says it's this precious, if we're going to honour the one who's invited us to walk with him, we need to take a quick look at what happens in our lives and say, is there anything else 
that runs Jesus close in terms of what we value. Let's pray. Father, thank you for these verses. Thank you for parables. Thank you that you sent your son to teach us with them. Thank you that you sent your son to die so that we could have a place in your kingdom. Would you help us to put everything else second so that the kingdom and Jesus its king can be first? Amen. Seriously, if you want to know more about what the kingdom is like, what following Jesus means and what it might mean to turn your life to face a different way so that you are part of that kingdom, so that you know Jesus, so that you walk a new way in your life. I would love to talk to you about that. Please do get in touch with me.